Mars. Hey, hey, hey. Bring in the funk. <laughs> I, I thought Bruno Mars was going to start singing for a second. <laughs> well, we aren't quite that, we aren't quite <laughs> that good. Thought we'd find a whole new level of sponsorship out there for a second there, oh, Mr. Gordon. my goodness. Well, hey. We're trying. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench, and you are listening live to Season 4, Episode 10. And uh, we are on a Sunday night, recording on a Sunday night before Thanksgiving. Um, golly, where's the time go? Here we here we are again. It's the holiday season. Already. Yeah, it's crazy. This, this year has gone so fast, it's unbelievable. I'd like to go back and look at our episodes over the past, like, three years in the transition times, because I'm sure we talk about that. Holy cow, how is this year going so fast? Yeah, I suppose. It's, uh, Probably. Every year. But, man, uh, winter sports, baby, here we go. Yep. Have you guys played yet, Aaron? We have not. Uh, haven't played yet at all. I'll open up. Really, we don't open up basketball until after, uh, after Thanksgiving week. Get no, some we swimming either. next week. Uh, Tuesday night, but that's about it. Play next Monday night on the road. I actually don't host a home game until I leave for Denver. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, we're on the road three straight, three state, three straight games, and then got two straight home games when I'm gone Friday and Tuesday, of course. So, well, hey, I, I forgot to tell you guys, I've entered the coaching ranks. Oh no, really? I'm coach I'm coaching at Newton. I'm helping the girls basketball team. Oh wow. <laughs> really? Look at Aaron's face. He's just like dumbfounded. I can't believe it. I was <laughs> I left him speechless. Silence. I know. I was like, oh, I scared the crap out of him, I think. I just Can you send me the website, Scott? The the website of the place that you buy the clock that has eight more hours in the day than the rest of us have can you can you share that <laughs> that website with the rest of us? I got it from Doctor Emmett Brown. One point twenty one gigawatts. See, don't get me started. Now we're going to movie. Twenty one gigawatts. And this is going go off the rails. All right, day. all right. I'm going to bring us back in here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so uh, you are coaching. You're uh, coaching. Yeah, Newton girls basketball helping out. Do I'm just right. a volunteer. Yeah, it's I'm looking. It's gonna be fun. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I know good a guy that might have some girls basketball practice plans. I know. I was. To. I'm gonna have to steal some ideas from the master himself here. I have got plenty, and I reworked them last year, <laughs> but not this year. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, good All for right. you. That'll be fun. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that'll be a whole nother episode. Yes. Well, how about we uh, say hello and say thank you to some of our sponsors before we get into tonight's podcast? Sounds great. Our first sponsor we want to say thank you to is Gipper. If you want your athletic program to stand out on social media, we suggest you try Gipper. Using Gipper, you can create and share professional sports graphics to social media in seconds on any device without needing any design experience. Try Gipper out for free at gogipper.com backslash athletics. That's gogipper.com backslash athletics. 
They're also in the podcast arena. You can listen to Matthew Glick on the podcast standout as well. But we say thank you to Gipper, a proud sponsor of Beyond the Bench. As a leader in the industry, Superfan has spent the last 10 years innovating and changing how schools approach fan engagement, ticketing, fundraising, and more. The Superfan platform includes our customized app. Make it fit for your school by choosing from dozens of engagement features designed for your students in mind. Communicate better with our smart notification system, which allows you to target specific audiences. Learn more about your fan base with Superfan's detailed real-time data and reporting. Sell everything from merchandise to memberships through RevPass, our contactless digital payment system. Raising funds just got easier with the Rocket Jar digital fundraising platform. You get your own customized funding site complete with your branding. Each fundraising campaign has its own page, making it easy to target potential donors. And Superfans' digital ticketing platform, FlashTix, makes it easy to sell tickets for any type of event. From start to finish, you can purchase tickets in as little as 10 seconds. Easy to set up and manage. It's a valuable addition to any school's toolbox. No matter how big or small your school is, the Superfan platform is your all-in-one solution. Find out more or schedule a demo at Superfan Inc. And thank you to Varsity Bound, your one place to manage your program. Let the Varsity Bound software manage your team's information so you can create an amazing experience and build your legacy. Go to www.getvarsitybound.com for more info. Are you an AD interested in saving time or making your job a little less stressful? Are you looking for ways to improve the fan experience at your games? Well, Beyond the Bench suggests you take a good look at Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional-level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program. Hometown integrates industry-leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket-buying experience that takes place directly on your website without the need to create an account, remember a password, or download an app. From individual game tickets to customized season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire ticketing platform for your program. And the best part is, it doesn't cost your school or athletic program anything to get started. So check out Hometown Ticketing, the official ticketing partner of VNN Sports at www.hometownticketing.com. That's www.hometownticketing.com to enroll your school today. Many of you heard our interview in Season 3 when we had former high school athletic director and author Jamie Beckler on the show. Jamie also has an online leadership program that is great for coaches and student-athletes. I believe in the leadership playbook so much that I purchased it for our entire athletic department. The price is incredible when you consider all the resources and video lessons that are included. Plus, you get access to Jamie and he'll even do a free virtual presentation for your staff. I highly recommend it, so make sure you check out theleadershipplaybook.com. I also encourage our listeners to get a hold of Jamie's newest book, The Captain. I uh, was just on a call the other night, his launch team, and uh, I previewed the book, and, and it is fantastic. It's a fantastic resource to do a book study with your team. So check out The Captain coming 
very soon, I think uh, the 24th of November, it is released. So just a few days. But check out Jamie Beckler and the leadershipplaybook.com. Do you need fast and effective fundraising? Please go to www.goatfundraising.com for your fast, effective fundraising mechanism. All right. Thank you to all of our sponsors. And uh, we want to thank our guest tonight for sitting through those sponsor reads. We should have given him one. <laughs> uh, made him go to work. That should be the next thing we start uh, breaking guests in by making him do an ad. There you there go. You go. Making him, make him do a sponsor read. So, But we are... Uh, we are pleased to have Nate Hines with us tonight, and uh, if you listen to our our session we did at WADA up in uh, Wisconsin Dells. It's been dying to work that back into a show again, haven't oh, you? It's been two weeks since I said it, and it just rolled off the tongue again. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, but when we did our session up there at Wisconsin Dells, uh, Nate came up and sat up with us, and we did a short 10-12 minute interview as part of our uh, 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 let's see, but been episode nine, I guess, looking back on it. So we thought he had such a great experience and a great story that I think we can, uh, we, we wanted to have him back on and, and here we are tonight. So, you know, we were drawn to his story and his journey really, uh, two reasons. Number one, he's a young AD, uh, a newer AD second year, I believe. And, you know, we kind of started where we're trying to interview first and second year ADs this year quite a bit and kind of see how they're going and and uh, see how, how their job is going uh, as they go through this, this time. Um, but then also his uh, experience as a Paralympian uh, with the Paralympic basketball team. So uh, I think there's a lot uh, that he's going to share with us that he's experienced um, a lot and he's going to share some leadership from that experience and also just talk about the life of being an ad which is what we're all about here on beyond the bench so welcome nate hines to be on the bench and uh, well, i guess say welcome back That's uh, right. you automatically in two weeks have qualified for the beyond the bench robe yeah uh, you know it's like saturday night live when you get a you get to go into the uh, green room and all of our Multiple guests get a robe. Well, you really don't get a robe, but we just say that. Well, it kind of sounds cool. But it's a, it's a gold robe. The gold jacket. <laughs> Welcome, Nate. So, Nate, thanks, thanks for thanks for coming on. So, Port Washington, Wisconsin, over on the east side of the state, a little bit north of Milwaukee, I believe. Um, probably nice and warm and toasty yeah, there little, tonight. Windy. The lake is not happy tonight. It's it's a little windy over here. I'm glad I wasn't up on the roof putting <laughs> Christmas lights up. That's for yeah. sure. That would, would not have ended well tonight. <laughs> Boy, that uh, freight. What did you just say? The lake was not happy? It just takes <laughs> me back to Seinfeld. The sea was angry that day, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Can always get a Seinfeld episode always. into about every conversation we have. Always, always get that. Uh, but, Nate. Um, we're going to dive right in. We'll, we'll go back and forth a little bit, probably, you know, between your experience, what you're doing as an AD, and then also tie in your Paralympic experience as well, because um, that's been quite a journey I know as well. So uh, let's start, though. Just remind us, uh, if, in case people have not listened to um, 
the first time we interviewed a couple a couple uh, weeks ago. But tell us about your journey, uh, your career as an AD, and kind of how you got yeah, to where sure. you so are my, today. My journey to the AD world, uh, I went to the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater for my physical education degree. Um, knew that that's what I wanted to do at a, at a pretty early age. I want to say middle school, early high school. I knew that that's what the road I wanted to take. Um, went to UW-Whitewater, got my degree, and uh, this was back in 2011. So we had uh, some pretty big turnover in the state of Wisconsin in the world of education. Um, so applied for literally 80 or 90 jobs. Um, and uh, my first job that I was offered, I took because I didn't want to didn't want to risk it and play that game. And uh, it was a middle school physical education slash athletic director job. And I was like, well, you know, the athletic stuff is, it wasn't something I was considering, was not something I was like seeking. I was like seeking something that I, um, can you guys still hear me? My computer just did a little thing. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You know, middle school AD, you know, in the interview, that was mainly what I had more questions about, like, what's expected of me? What am I doing? Where am I going? Um, and they just said, oh, don't worry about it. It's middle school. And I, you know, we're just looking for you to, <laughs> we just. Uh, parents don't care yeah, about that. Right? They're like, they as long as care. you have a warm yeah. body on the sidelines, it's, you know, we're good to go. And I was like, okay. So, um oh I did that for about six, five and a half years, and then uh, an opportunity came up um, with the Carroll White Pep Grant. I'm sure you guys are kind of familiar with that. Um, a district closer to my hometown did not have any middle school athletics at all in their three middle schools. And this is a, a, a very large district, Division One district. They have two D1 high schools in the state. And uh, through the mm. Pep Grant, they wanted uh, somebody to come in and build up these programs at their middle schools. And uh, I put my name in because I was looking looking to get back into uh, the middle school athletics, but also get back home. Uh, built the program up, had them all running, and then the PEP grant ran out, and they said, hey, thanks for your work, but we're, we're going to oh. do something else. We're going to go in mm. a different direction. And I said, all right, Ouch. just wasn't meant to be. Uh, went back to the classroom for a year, uh, the COVID year, and I taught elementary phi ed, which was awesome and and then uh, the position that I have now opened up, and I threw my hat in the ring, and, and here I am, landed at Port Washington High School, and like you said, just north of Milwaukee in the North Shore Conference, and I'm really enjoying it right now. This is my first high school athletic director position, but it's, you know, it's way different than middle school, but it's it's a good difference. It's, you know, the the students, the passion, the just all that is, is there, and it's just been a lot of fun so far. Ah, uh, so so where was home? Your home where is, was high school? Home? Yeah, Cedar Grove, Belgium. Uh, we're about ten minutes north of Port Washington. Tiny little division. Where I think this year we were Division Six for football out of seven divisions, so almost the smallest mm -hmm. one. Um, very small school. I graduated with a class of fifty-five. <laughs> okay, just, all right. You know, it's uh, it's be, a, yeah. It's a community where your your sports and your events are. That's what you do on your yeah. Friday nights. Everybody goes <laughs> to the football games on your yep. Thursdays and Tuesdays. Everybody goes to the basketball games. So it's just just kind of what it's what you do here. It's what it's the culture and it's the the pride of the school and the and the communities. 
So Port Washington, um, how big a school is that then? We have uh, 825 students. So we are Division Two for most okay. of our stuff. Division Three for football this year. Uh, That's nine, for, for nine through 12 enrollment? Yep. Just trying to get a comparison to Iowa for our mm-hmm. Iowa listeners. That sounds like your original hometown is kind of like our 1A uh, here in the state. And... Sounds like uh, Port Washington would be like a 4A school. Yep. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Large 3A, small 4A, or a yep. good size 4A, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So that, you're in a good size high school. Yep. Uh, right now as well. Yeah, no, great, great size, uh, great, uh, great opportunities for our students. We provide uh, gymnastics, swimming for boys and girls. <laughs> Um, and then all the usuals, the wrestling, basketball, track, cross-country, volleyball. You have girls um, wrestling? We we adopted it. Uh, I adopted it just not knowing, you know, if we're going to have that one outlier girl who wanted to come out. And then my interpretation of the girls wrestling is if you don't say you have it, your wrestlers can't go compete at the state meet. Mm. So I wasn't going to say mm-hmm. – Oh, we don't have it, and then have a girl come out and not be able to go to state. Yeah. I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I I just checked the box on the form, not knowing if if we would have any or not. And I think as of right now, we might have one oh, or good. two, but who knows? So, Nate, can I go back? Because you said something way back at the beginning. There, you said you knew in middle school you wanted to pursue education. Um, can you talk about maybe what how you knew that so early on, like that? Man, that's a great question. I knew I was, I think, just like any FIA teacher, any gym class hero. I mean, I just loved being active, love love playing. I was always outside, always with a ball. And um, also my job in high school, I taught swimming lessons. So uh, that's a very easy uh, translation to the classroom. You know, you're teaching a student a new skill um, and something where they can instantly see their progress you know it's one of those things where you can see that light bulb click like i used to sink but now i can float and now i can Mm -hmm. swim like just that constant progression and i was like well this is pretty cool like imagine doing this every day when you teach a kid how to skip or you teach a kid how to throw and you know i was kind of a realist i'm not going to the pros or anything let's be (laughs) let's be honest i'm not i'm not that great so i was like what's the next best thing and for me it was it was definitely teaching fire We were talking before, uh, Aaron and Scott, before you got on here, uh, Port Washington is a really heavy wrestling school. <laughs> and so, you know, we've got some of those in Iowa, too. Where yep. So um, I would imagine you got some pretty tough kids walking around your hallway. Tough, I mean, in a good way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some really strong-willed, strong-minded um, s- some kids walking around there and i i think i love wrestling uh, i'm a basketball coach but i love i love watching wrestling um i i just really appreciate that i was in a wrestling school for two years in lisbon mm. over on the eastern side of the state uh north of iowa city at that time in the mid 80s lisbon was the wrestling capital of iowa and a cocky little 23 year old basketball coach was gonna <laughs> make it a basketball school well, I didn't do that, but I learned a ton about coaching from Brad Smith, Hall yep. of Famer. Um, 
and who's back there now coaching again. Yep. Uh, just the way his kids worked, and and I, I have a lot of appreciation for for wrestling. I love going into our room here. We've got a good wrestling program here, and um, those of you that I just love going in the wrestling room and watching those kids work because I got a great appreciation uh, for how hard they do work. So. Yeah. And Nate, we uh, celebrated. Yeah. He said his girls' basketball team uh, snapped a what was a forty-one game losing streak. The other, oh wow, forty-one games. Yeah, they they won their second game of the year, bef- the year oh, wow. before the COVID year. So it was yeah. Last year was a last year was a struggle for both our teams. Mm-hmm. We won one game Oof. combined between boys and girls. At the varsity level, so it was it was long, but you know we we got a coach who's he's been very patient. He knows that the he's helped mm-hmm. build that youth program up, and now he's reaping some of those benefits. They they won a non conference game on Thursday last week, starting nice. three freshmen, and you know he's you know reaping reaping some of the benefits of his patience, yeah. which is which is nice to see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, good for those girls. Good for the coach. Absolutely, lots to celebrate. You, those are good stories right there. Yeah. Well, Nate, I also want to talk about your journey um, with the Paralympic team, and kind of how that all started. And uh, yeah, just take us through that if you would. Yeah. So when I was a junior in high school, I was playing football, and um, I was the backup quarterback, so I wasn't, you know, playing a whole lot and. Coach, I think I bugged coach enough. He threw me on special teams, so I was on the kickoff team. And uh, one one game, I dove into a pile after a fumble and came out and had a had a bump on my leg and was like, "Man, I don't remember seeing that or feeling that." Uh, just figured it'd go away, whatever. Brushed it off. Got through basketball season, and the week before our regional game in basketball, you know this this bump on my leg was still there. It was starting to bother me more. It hurt to walk upstairs, hurt to run, hurt to backpedal. But I still wanted to play basketball, of course. But finally, it got to a point where I needed to get that looked at. So uh, my family and I, we ended up going to get some x-rays done. And uh, and it just turned out to, after a bunch of appointments, we found out that I had osteosarcoma, which is a form of bone cancer. So uh, I, w- I went from playing basketball and getting ready for regionals and literally two mm-hmm. or three weeks later I was on chemotherapy. So that was kind of the end of my, uh, that was the end of my able-bodied sports career. Um, as I, as I knew it, um, for me, I got to go to the university of Wisconsin whitewater to continue my education for physical education. And they just, they happened to have one of eight wheelchair basketball mm-hmm. programs at the time at the collegiate level. Um, I kind of knew they had a team, but I didn't really plan on pursuing anything. I was, you know, in high school, I was more of an athlete <laughs> than a student. So I, uh, mm-hmm. I knew I had to kind of focus a little bit on that. Um, but, uh, there was a point in my, in my first couple of weeks at, at Whitewater where I just, I wasn't getting out of my room. I wasn't meeting people. Uh, you know, I had to wear some braces on my legs to help me walk a little bit because I, still maybe a year out from my major surgery to remove the tumor. Uh, you know, didn't really feel like talking about it, talking to people about it. So I kind of had this realization that if I don't get out of my room and I don't start meeting people, that I'm probably not going to make it through college. So I uh, ended up going to the wheelchair basketball office, 
and just asked if I could help, if I could be a water boy manager, whatever. And they were like, yeah, sure. We're always looking for help. Um, but then I said, I was like, you know, what if I wanted to play with your basketball? And they kind of looked at me and they're like, well, you have to have a disability kid. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I had jeans on at the time. Cause again, I didn't want anybody to see my legs, see what was going on. So I roll up my pant leg and it, the guy behind the desk, his name was Jeremy Campbell. He was actually a player on the team. I roll up my <laughs> pant leg and he just looks me up and down. He's like, how tall are you? And I'm like, uh, like six, three. And he's He's like, yeah, you just need to stay right here for a second. So he uh, he gets out his he gets out his phone, calls the coach. He's like, you're not gonna believe what just walked in here. Like, get get back to your office right now. So coach Tracy uh, Tracy Shinoweth at the time he gets back to his office and he's you know we're talking. And I'm telling him all my story and he was like, Nate, let me tell you, go back to your dorm room for the weekend. Just think it over if you want to help be a manager, be a water boy, you know, just think it over. We'll, uh, we'll brainstorm some ideas, what we can do to get you involved. So I go back to my dorm room, bored out of my mind, come back on Monday. I was like, yes, I want to help. I got to help. And Tracy's like, nope, not going to let you help. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, what are, what do you mean? And he's like, I'm going to make you play. He's like, I'm, I'm going to make you play. Like I can't, I can't have you helping and being on the sidelines. I'm going to put you in a mm-hmm. chair and, wow. and make you play. And that, as they say, that was history right there. That was, the rest is history. It's just played for five years there and, you know, had multiple awesome. teammates represent multiple countries at the Paralympic level. And it was, it was, it's pretty crazy. If you would have told me that was going to happen mm-hmm. back in March of 2005, I would have laughed at you. But, uh, you know, here we are just because I had a yeah. guy tell me he was, he was going to make me That's play crazy. Not, not let me be a manager or, or a water So how boy. did you get, how did you get on the Paralympic team, Nate? How did that come about? Yes. Yeah. So there are, uh, there's a tournament every summer, um, for you, for the USA. So, you know, in 2000 and let's just say 2006, when I first started playing, they, it was the, that would have been the World Championships. 2007 was the Pan Am Games. 2008 were the Paralympics in Beijing. So Whitewater is it's a very well known school for wheelchair basketball. So it, it can bring in a lot yeah. of a lot of players from all over the world who are training to compete for the Paralympics. So every day I would go into practice as this rookie, legit rookie who had no idea what they were doing, and I'm going against guys who were going to Beijing from the USA, mm. Israel, Germany. Yeah. And just getting my butt kicked every single day, like. But but I was just yeah. so fortunate and so so happy to be playing a sport that I didn't care. Like I was like I I know what it's like to sit on the sidelines. Like I'm not I'm not backing down. So I just kept, <laughs> kept going, kept coming, kept coming. I was like that annoying little brother, and. I started playing in 2006, and my first taste of the USA team was in 2009. And that was kind of a combination of luck and timing, uh, because in 2008 at the Paralympics, the USA, we lost the semifinal in double overtime, and then they lost the bronze medal game. And uh, a lot of guys were just like, man, I got to, you know, mentally, I'm just taking a summer off. Like, I can't, I can't do this again. So, you know, Fresh Nate at whatever I was, 20, what was I at the time? 20, maybe? Mm-hmm. 21, I just rolled into this tryout and was like, hey, I'm going to give it a shot. 
And, you know, a lot of guys took that year off. So they ended up taking me just so they could say like, here's the, this is what international competition looks like. If you keep, you know, training the way you are and you, you know, really want to take this serious, like this is kind of what you need to do. Yeah. And, and I was hooked. I was like, yes, this is, this is absolutely where I'm headed. And so I made the team in 2009. That was a, a qualifier for 2010. So we qualified for the World Cup in 2010, which was in Birmingham, England. I made that team. Mm. Uh, 2011 was the pair of Pan Am Games in Guadalajara, Mexico. I awesome. made that team. And then 2012 was my first Paralympic team in London. So uh, oh, it was man. a little bit of luck, a little bit of guys retiring, a lot of hard work. Um, but, you know, I, it was kind of just that perfect combination of, you know, people aren't coming back out. I started getting better, stronger. Yeah, that's awesome. Started understanding the game. And, so you've been uh, to three Paralympic Games now. Is that correct? in London, Rio, and, and then this most recent uh, here in Tokyo. So um, just thoughts on those three Olympiads and, or Paralympiads and, and, and your experience there. What were your takeaways? Um, London was, London was awesome. London was, you know, the first one you get, you see all the sights and the sounds, the buildings, the, the venues, you get all the clothes, you get all the gear and the swag and, you know, you're just happy to be there. Um, and then London also put into perspective the, mm -hmm. the degree of, um, exposure for the Paralympics from country to country. So London and England like their Paralympians were on billboards, they were on commercials, they were mm -hmm. like, hey, like the Paralympics are here, parallel or equal yeah. to the Olympics, like it's time to support them. And you were like, wow, we have some work to do. And it was like, okay. Ended up coming out of that one with a bronze medal, which was great. You know, you're happy to get a medal, but, uh, you know, you still have that something's left to be desired. Uh, Rio was phenomenal. Um, the venues were great. South America was awesome. Great weather. Fans, fans were awesome. Oh, awesome. Um, London, the fans were great too. We actually played Great Britain in the bronze medal game. So a packed stadium, uh, and we got to beat them in a, in a, you know, in front of a home crowd, which was awesome. Mm. Um, and then Rio, mm. the same thing. We actually went to Rio and our first game was against Brazil. So another, another packed stadium. Um, and the, the thing I'm most proud about with Rio is like we were just such a cohesive team and we were such a cohesive and dominant team, but nobody like nobody. I think our, our coach has all this memorized, of course, but he's like, we, we only lost three quarters of basketball out of wow. 32 quarters. That's amazing. And not a single one of our guys was in the top 10 in any statistical category. So that was, that was just an awesome experience. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Tokyo, um, and of course, it's got the the asterisk of COVID on it. But and and you just yeah. feel so bad for the city of Tokyo and the country of Japan because you know they just want to put on such a great show and be, you know, just show the world what what they have and everything. Yeah. And uh, they still did a phenomenal job, but you know it was just yeah. missing so much with no spectators, no international or domestic spectators, empty stadiums. So you know, there's just so much left. That, yeah. that they wanted to do and they just couldn't. And uh, you understand the situation, especially being in the athletics world, that yeah. mm -hmm. 
Uh, but again, I, I took that perspective, like we talked about at WADA, that, you know, I'm just happy that we were playing because when we were told they were yeah. going to be delayed yeah. in 2020, yeah, there's mm-hmm. still that, like, yeah. that little string of doubt, like, are they really just delayed or are they just going to, are they just going to cancel this? And, and we're, yep. you know, it's the mental, the mental part of, oh, I got to train another year and I've mm-hmm. got to, I've got to do all this another year and it's another year of travel. It's another yeah. year of being away from the family it's like the mental side of it was more grueling than the physical side for sure especially because we didn't know like i people yeah. would always ask me like do you really think they're gonna have them and i'm like i won't believe it until i'm on the plane going to tokyo like that's that's when i'm finally gonna be like okay we're, we're gonna go and we're gonna compete so uh they were all awesome they're all great experiences I'm uh, I'm already looking forward to 2028 <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. when I can take my family to LA to watch because I'm I'm retiring from playing I'm done, but uh, I am done. But I am just I'm yeah. so excited that you know in uh, 2028 cool. it's not that far away and my kids will be uh, old enough to appreciate that this is what Dad used to do and uh, you know I'm mm. you know the Olympics will be there that'll be great but I'm just more excited for the Paralympics yeah. so I can just hopefully take the Very family cool. and yeah. show them around what and right. what's going on. And I watched, uh, I've watched highlights and, on uh, YouTube of several yeah. games and um, it's amazing. I, I the, the teamwork, I, I think I was watching today, actually, I, I was watching the Paralympic game against Germany and it was the highlights. It was a five minute highlights, you know, but there was a couple fast breaks. I was, in, I was amazed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just, Okay. Quick passes for layups. I mean, the guy, I, I just, it, it's so much fun to watch. And if our listeners haven't done that, been to YouTube and typed in the Paralympic Games basketball, yeah. go do that. Uh, it, it's so much fun to watch. And I just, great appreciation and respect for uh, those those athletes. And you included, Nate. Um, yeah. Just absolutely incredible. That's awesome. Nate. I appreciate it. It it is crazy how, uh, you know, it's, and for me, I just, I call it, you know, my journey in the Uh sport and life. It's like, you know, a lot of these guys have been playing since they were five, six, seven, because they've had their disability from birth. And it's, it's funny you bring up like fast break layups and stuff. I I vividly remember one of my first (laughs) memories at Whitewater, like one of my teammates passed me the ball while I was rolling and like, <laughs> I looked at him like, what are you doing? He's like, well, shoot it. And I'm like, you want me to yeah. shoot while I'm rolling? And he's like, man, you've got some work to do. And it's like, yeah, but it's just, Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, well, I want to stop and then I can catch it and take an easy shot. And he was like, no, no, yeah. no, no. You, you've got some work to do. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you there. Do you but feel like, you know, you mentioned those, when you first got started. All those you fun got, memories, uh, you're like, um, wow, that was, that was a long and, time and ago. Your first exposure to it about how much work we've got to do in the U.S. Do you feel like we're moving in the right direction in terms of the exposure and appreciation of the Paralympic athletes? A hundred percent. And that's why I think we are trending in the right direction. And I think that's why I'm really excited for 2028, because I think it's going to be, it's going to be like the, the coming out of, uh, you know, this is what we have. This is what we offer. And I, 
I don't want to base it off of money and sponsorships, mm-hmm. but I mean, Toyota is now one of our biggest sponsors and at every Toyota commercial, you now see the Olympic rings and then the other symbols are Paralympic agitos. So the, that is a huge sponsor. One of the, one of the biggest or most successful commercials at our last Super Bowl was about one of our Paralympic swimmers, Jessica Long. So it's just. I do think we're trending in the right direction. I think we're starting to get the support of some big, big time companies here that are trying to catch on and, and time companies here that are trying to catch on. And, and, but even our own, our own, um, the United States Olympic Committee uh-huh. actually just recently nice. changed their name to the United States Olympic and Paralympic mm-hmm. Committee. Yeah. So just like a, a small change like that, mm-hmm. some people don't even notice. But as a Paralympian, it's like, okay, that's we're cool. finally, that's great. you know, it's not the USOC anymore. It's the USOPC. And then uh, also, also they, uh, this year, this uh, Paralympic Games was the first year that our, mm. um, our reward money, or, um, our, mm. we yeah. were given a much, was equal to the Olympians. Otherwise, we were given a much, a much less amount for the, the a much yeah. less amount for the such a much less amount for the same success. So it's like, well, you you preach that we're equal, and you preach mm-hmm. that same success. So it's like, well, you you preach that we're equal, and you preach that it's... from the, the Paralympic athletes are now getting compensated. Mm-hmm. The USOPC the same as the Olympians are, which is yeah. you talk yeah. to talk. You got to walk. You're lying if you tell that anybody tells me out there they watch the Jessica Long commercial and don't cry. Yeah, every time you every time you watch it, um, I'm not crying. You're crying, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, it's pollen. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. allergies. Yeah. All right. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah that's thank awesome. you. That uh, we could we could close shop right now, but uh, yeah, right. Yeah, we'll, but we're going to keep pushing. Talented guest, <laughs> Nate. We got more questions for you. Yeah. So, Nate, you know my. Yeah, minus the COVID hey, I'm year. All for it. Uh, let's talk about a couple things. What have you enjoyed the most so far as an athletic administrator? Man, it's it's the same reason I got yeah. into education. It's always the kids. Like it always comes back to the kids, being able to support them, being able to, you know, be at their games and and mm-hmm. support them and cheer for them. Um and that's just you know, right. You know, they don't see the work that we put in behind the scenes yeah. to get all that done, especially in a COVID year, like the hours <laughs> of Zoom calls we had yeah. last year and the hours of planning it took last year. But, you know, just being able to support them and to get them on the on the playing field or on mm-hmm. the court or in the pool, whatever, get them on the on the playing field or on the court yeah. or in the pool, whatever. Um, it's just, you know, they might not, they might only see us. Them. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, they might not, they might only see yep. us as our own kids. Like I'm doing yep, this for I you agree. because you are my students. Now, secondly, that's, that's easily the best. What has surprised you so thus far? What's the most surprising thing that you've come across as uh, a new athletic director? Oh man, what has surprised me? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, I know this is the COVID thing. Just takes so much attention. 
like, and you guys all know, but even as a first year guy, that took so much attention. But I think, um, for me, what surprised me the most is the people who, yeah. even though you make a decision and, and you, that's your decision, it's like, well, what, what do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. why can't you do this or why can't you do that or why, yep. you know, it's just, Trying yep. to build that trust and that relationship with people, like we've got it. I know you don't know me, especially because it's <laughs> yeah. my first year, and I started in a COVID year, and I had to make all these silly rules that you don't like. Just, just trust that, trust that we're doing the right thing, and trust the district that they hired somebody to that they believe is doing the right thing. So just, mm-hmm. just building those relationships and having those people. Yep. And I get it. I understand the questioning, and I understand the whys, right. and they want to know why. And it's coming from a good spot. <laughs> yeah. I always yeah. try to keep that positive intent in mind, but it's like, yep. you know, after so many. Sometimes you like, wish okay, you had a loudspeaker to put over the whole town. We've got it. We're moving forward. This is what yeah. we're doing. So <laughs> that that's definitely one of the bigger surprises. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Once in a while. But yes. otherwise, that, <laughs> at the same time, I, I don't. Right. I would just be fine in my Thank office you. and just keep the... <laughs> So Nate, after a couple of years here, the AD the gig, okay um, you know, we talked about what you like the most, and maybe what's been most surprising. What about um, as you're learning the athletic administrator um, role? What are maybe some concerns or some some things that you're like, wow, um, is that what this is all about? Or maybe questions you might have about the profession of, of of athletic administrator? Some red flags maybe you see or that you're experiencing that you're like, hmm, we got to figure this out. Yeah, um, I think, and I, I think currently the biggest question that I have, or the biggest, I just want to say the biggest thing on my to do list mm-hmm. um, in my current role is just building the the school spirit and building yeah. the the community and the culture that that I think we're just not quite there yet. Um, you know, it's it's uh, you know just getting people to come to the games and then not only just coming to games, but then cheering in the games <laughs> and to be supportive and to be vocal and to be, you know, positively vocal and positively supporting, um, I think is, is, is where I, I really want to get to, because again, I come from, you know, a Paralympic background where we don't cheer against other people. We don't cheer, uh, you know, we don't yeah. chant ear ball. It's, just, it's like a respectful, you know, competition spirit of sport. And I kind of want to bring that mm-hmm. to the high school level, especially where I'm at. Like, we don't have to chant warm up the bus. Like, we can chant for ourselves. Like, it's it's a mind shift. And then also, how do we get our community members and our parents to also buy into that mind shift and buy into that change and, and come out and support? I mean, one of the, one of the biggest takeaways I had from last year is we had a home volleyball game and it was a regional final and it almost felt like an away game because it was like, how do we build this culture of winning and cheering and supporting? And, and a lot of it for me goes to the mental aspect of our athletes. Like we can't come into games expecting to lose. Like you need to come into games expecting to win. And it's like that trickle down all the way from the top where, where I'm like, Hey, we have a shot to win anything like that. Why would we not? So that's, that's my biggest, my big to-do list. That's like my biggest one is to build that positive culture, build that positive spirit, that positive cheering, and then, and just and awesome. filling that gym with the positivity and getting kids and 
and community to buy into that. So we'll see how it goes. We're working on it. Um, we're starting, we're starting a little leadership committee with our, we have a leadership committee with some of our student athletes, uh, that we didn't do last year, obviously, but this year we're rebooting it. And that's one of my biggest things is, you know, even though I can't mm-hmm. really, uh, police the student section, I can, but like, I want those students to take ownership and to start the culture and to start the cheers. Like these are the cheers that we're going to do. And it's all for us. Like we're not the, the, you can't do that. And the warm up the buses and the, like, why are we tearing down the other team mm-hmm. when we can, you know, we have a loose ball on the floor and we have kids diving for the ball and we just sit there and look like, <laughs> and not even applaud. Uh. It's like, well, hold on here. Like that's just, or last year I had a parent tell me that yelling yeah, at right. the refs was part of the game. I was like, what? No, no, it's, it's really nope. not. And if you haven't noticed, there's a shortage of refs. So, you know, part of the game is cheering for our kids and our athletes and cheering for them positively. It's not, so that's, that's my big perfect world. If I could, you know, if I could really get something accomplished, it's not even the winning for me or the losing. It's the, the cheering and the culture and the positive culture and setting that, setting that example. And that's, that's my big, my big goal right now. I tell you what, well, I, I love that's a big goal. That that's so your goal. I, I've I love got what you're of, talking I've about. got a lot of um, years to do when it. You, I think, when you get that we'll right answer to the question or to the, the statement, well, the kids don't like to come to the games because you don't let them have any fun because you tell them to stop cheering all those types of cheers. When you get the right answer to that question, Nate, will you come back on the show and share the recipe with us? Because that's what I seem to get. I think we've all talked about that. It's if we try to stop that stuff, then we're not letting them have any fun. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm with you, Nate. Uh, I wish you best of luck on that and keep us posted so we can steal from whatever you get going. Yeah. I I will let you know. I I don't know how it's going to go, right. but I just, yep. there's got to be an answer to it. And it, doesn't have to be the, the mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50 year olds leading it in the gym. We have yep. student leaders. And if we can build their capacity and immobilize them. Yeah. Well, I think that's the, that that's the right I think step. It's I think it's got to start with the kids. We can go back to really does, and that's, how you that's answer one of the things I'm why you got into education. It's about them. kids and it's about the relationships. Mm-hmm. And as you are, as you spend more days and months and years at Port Washington, you will develop those positive relationships yep. and they will start to model what you ask them to model. I believe that. And your leadership council is a great step in that. Um, they're going to hear from you and you will have some great experiences yep. to share with them. And I think you're, you're spot on. Uh, you bring that Paralympic sportsmanship attitude mm-hmm. into High school athletics, yep. man, that, that's going to be that's going to be powerful, and yeah. it, it's it's a win win. I mean, because that's what we need to be about anyway. You're right. It's not. I, I think Aaron has said this. It's about our our opponents should be drawing out the best in us. Yep. We don't have to tear them down. We should respect them for trying to make us better, yep. and making us compete at a high level. Yep. And it's, I mean, this, and there's no, I mean, just in Tokyo, there's no greater, no greater representation of sportsmanship than in our gold medal game. Mm -hmm. If you go back and watch that, 
we were only up mm-hmm. four with like 10 seconds left and Japan, we actually played Japan in the gold medal game. So another, you know, just a missed out atmosphere. But yeah. we were only up four with like yeah. ten seconds left. What do you, if you guys are on defense? What are you all gonna do? Foul. They did not foul. Mm-hmm. They said we respect our opponents. We know when we've been defeated, and we just let it go. And I was just like, we were all sitting on the bench with like we're looking at each other like they're not fouling. Like what are they doing? And that that's what they said. Their captain talked with our captain after the game. He's like. You played a good game. We respect mm-hmm. you. You defeated us, and we let it go. And we were all like, "Man, like, yeah. how do you take that mentality and just trickle that down yeah. even through high school down to youth? Like, it's not about the winning and the losing. It's the principles of the the competition and the principle of competing and and bringing communities together. You know, the rivalry games are fun, but." Is it a rivalry just, you know, mm-hmm. in the gym or on the field? And then afterwards we can go, we can be, a, you know, peaceful community members. I would oh, hope so. That's... So it's, you know, that, yeah. that, that display of sportsmanship is probably the one thing that I will never forget for the, as long as I'm living. Like they just said, you guys beat us. You had a good game and we honor the game. We respect I love that the game. And that I, think was that, it. And it was I talked like, to our kids wow, about this too. I love that statement amazing. of honor the game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you just, if we can get our kids to honor and and just realize that the opportunity they have. So I think you kind of probably just hit on to the next question. It's back to the Paralympic team, but some key leadership lessons you've learned through your experiences as a member of the Paralympic team. Um, I think the biggest one that I would take away is that you don't have to be a, a captain to be a leader. You absolutely, you can be a leader if you're the first guy with the C on your chest, or if you're the last guy on the bench, which I kind of made that my spot (laughs) so I could see the court. I was literally, my mom always asked me and my wife, like, why are you always at the end? I'm like, that's just my spot. You know, we, you know how you get, but you know, the game is bigger than you. The team is bigger than you. And you can always be a leader, even if you're not a captain. And those are some of the things that, you know, this, uh, this past team, I did not play a whole lot. And that doesn't bother me because I knew that I was part of a team and part of a collective that, uh, um, you know, we were successful <laughs> and I understood my role. And if, if my role mm-hmm. was being a practice dummy, well, I'm going to be the best freaking practice dummy I can be because I know that those guys are going to go out on the court and hopefully I'm giving them as good of competition, if not better, than what they're going to face from Japan or Germany or Australia mm-hmm. uh, because it's bigger than me, right? Like nobody's, nobody's uh, statistics are etched on a medal. Nobody's any of that is etched on a medal written on the ribbon. Yeah. You know, everybody's gold is the same because it's 12 guys – you know, working together for five years, getting to this goal. So it's just, you Mm -hmm. know, being able to put that in perspective. And that was not, I will fully admit that was not an easy lesson for me to learn. I mean, that took, you know, 2012, I didn't play a whole lot and I was upset and, oh, it's the coach's fault and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't know how to use me. And then, you know, new coach, different mentality. And it was like, no, Mm -hmm. this is, 
mm-hmm. you know, when you bring 12 guys together who have probably at some point been the best on their team at a time and been yeah. the guy, and now you're asking them to, you know, hey, we got these five and then these lineups. You just got to put all that into perspective. So, um, you know, and that's 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 yeah. hard to do. I don't know if I could have done that as a high schooler, um, you know, because it's, you know, you we know how we think when we're 16 and 17 and, you know, this – this is the biggest part of their moment in their lives right now, which it is. But, you know, how can you teach them that it's it's better to be a part of a team and be a part of a group than to quit and go home because you're not playing? Like how do we how do we get to that point? And those are probably the biggest lessons that I learned and it's <laughs> yeah. you know, it's funny because you even have friends, you have family members, well, why aren't you playing? Why aren't you doing this? It's like it doesn't matter. Like I don't, it doesn't, it bothers you more than it bothers me that I'm not playing. And that's like, that's a big thing. Like, I I don't care. Like if I get to experience this with my teammates and I get to bring home a medal, (laughs) I I could not play at all. I I tell you what, you say that and, and, you know, here you are, you've been through two Olympics already and and you're in your thirties. If I remember right, I don't, if you're not, don't, you know, I don't want to make you older than you really are, but, but, and, and here you are. In this last year, dealing with the the other people in your life, saying, "Well, you should be playing more," and asking questions. Well, man, think of what we do to our sixteen year olds mm-hmm. as parents and as uh, as family friends and as aunts and uncles and grandparents. When our first question to our sixteen year olds, "Well, you should have played more. Why didn't you play more?" How can we ever get to the point of what you're talking about there when these sixteen year olds are just bombarded by society and by family and friends that they're only valued if they're playing more? Man. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> right. And that's, <laughs> and it's, it's at that. Now, when you find the answer to that, you let me know. Cause that's, that's a hard one. Like it took me, it took me to that, that second uh, quad, that second, like 2013, <laughs> like, yeah, the the guy who Brian Bell, my teammate, we're worth the same point value, which <laughs> we can get in wheelchair basketball all that later. But yeah, you're he's better than me. Like if I was the coach, I wouldn't play me over him either. <laughs> it's just that easy. Like he's literally better than me at the game of wheelchair basketball. Why would he not be playing? Like there's that's just nonsense. And I understood that if we're going to win and be successful, Brian needs to be on the floor. But I also need to be ready in case Brian gets into follow trouble, Brian's chair breaks, Brian's wheel breaks. Like, and it was just a, you know, and we're, we're friends and we're great buddies. It was never a, a relationship yeah. of anger and animosity. It's just the cohesion of that Tokyo team and the Rio team is why we won gold. We were in Rio. We were the best team there. No doubt about it. But in Tokyo, I would say we were the most cohesive and tight knit hmm. team. Very no personalities, nobody who wanted to score the most. Nobody who wanted to score the most. That's you know that that's twelve guys. I, I want to follow up. We're probably into the next question themselves. already, Scott. As you can yeah, probably see, back seat yeah. and putting the team um, in front. But I I want to know if the team coach, the leadership of the Paralympic team, did anything to really help that mentality. Did he do some things that really helped bring that cohesion? Or was it just the maturity of the guys? Uh, 
No, I will I will say he picked mm-hmm. twelve yeah. guys who we might not uh-huh. it's almost like the Herb Brooks, the miracle. You know, he might not have picked the twelve most talented guys, but he picked the twelve guys who could fit and sit in a locker room and sit on a bus and not get sick of each other mm-hmm. and not care about points. I will say he picked the twelve guys that that could do that. And I'll fully admit, I <clears throat> I might have been one of those last guys caught mm-hmm. if he was going simply off skill, just because you know my life priorities have changed. I've got three kids. I've got you know a lot of work to do. I I don't have the time to craft my skills and hone my game as much as someone else. But the coach knew from my previous experiences, like Nate is going to do this for us, and he's going to do his job and he's going to do it well and. And that was it. So I will say the coach definitely picked 12 guys who could fit together and meld together. But then I think another big step Mm. that we took and another layer that I'd like to develop at the high school level is we did a lot of mental skills Mm -hmm. training, which I think is so, so incredibly undervalued and underinvested. We always want to talk about the weight room. We want to talk about the off-season workouts, but it's the – it's the mental part of the game where, yeah, you throw a bad pass out of bounds. Yeah. Like, are you going to sit there and, and sulk over it? <laughs> or are you just going to focus up yeah. and now play defense? Or, oh, a ref missed a call. Yeah. Are you going to sit there and get mad? And yeah. Are you going to sit there and get mad and tell him or her about it, that they missed something? Or are you going to suck it up and get back on defense? Like, that mental, the mental skills and the mental sharpening that we did uh, just – and I, I was kind of a naysayer at first, I'll totally admit it, but it's, you know, this past summer was probably the worst basketball I've ever played in my life. Like missing bunnies, missing mm. everything. And, you know, every one of my teammates just had my back. And it was it was a hard summer mentally just because I wasn't playing at my peak. But it's the mental skills of, like, I'm here for a reason. Mm. I made this team for a reason. Yeah. You know, now it's time to just, yep, that was throw that practice in the garbage and let's try it again next practice. So I think our high school athletes, that would be, yep. I would love to somehow get some mental skills training in in my athletes, in my coaches, yep. in my locker room. And so we're all speaking a common language as a school district, as a high school sports program. Like, this is what we do in these situations. I think that is a huge, you know, it's like I said, mm-hmm. we – at our school where I'm at currently, we need to learn how to win, which sounds silly, but you, you need to learn how to win, go through those those games where it's a grind out, where you maybe don't play your best, and then you, you come out on top. Um, and then how, what did we do in those games to be successful? And it's the mental skills and the mental training that we really – that's one of the I'm big gonna have you uh, connect with one Aaron here, Stecker. Um, I got a lot of I got a lot Aaron of big dreams. Really we'll see how far I get on the them. mental toughness uh, program at Kennedy. I've copied it. Um, so you connect with Aaron. Uh, I'll, se- I'll send. I'll share my folder with you, Nate, with what we've done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then I've got to get going again. We'll start again after after the winter break and get a get it's a fantastic. group going. Well, let's, awesome. uh, Aaron, let's go to your, the final question here. I, I think, uh, and Nate, thank you for that. I think that's, that's great. That you great. did a lot of great things there. Yeah, you, you did. You did. Well, you, we asked you this question up at, up at WADA, but we're going to ask, uh, we're going to ask it again here for the rest of our listeners. And maybe you've had some time to think more about this a little bit too. We kind of put you in the spot up there in the, in the room. But, um, if you go back and talk to, uh, 
a young Nate, what advice would you would you give him now that you've had all these experiences? Um, and uh, I'll share that with our listeners. Yeah, I uh, I think if I went back and talked to a young Nate who was going, you know, through chemotherapy and you know, fighting cancer, I would, I would definitely keep my answer the same. It's going to be all right. Don't, don't believe it now. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand the hesitation, but it's, it's all going to be okay. And you'll be pretty surprised with uh, mm-hmm. what you come out with. Yeah. But uh, I actually did think about this question a little bit about what would I say to a younger Nate, like in an AD role, you know, what if I'm doing this 10 years down the road and I look back and I reflect on the COVID year and, um, it kind of comes back to that answer I gave you for what surprises me, people constantly questioning. And I, I just keep, I have to keep reminding myself that people are, they're probably questioning because they want to help. They want to, they want to have a positive impact. They want to understand the thought process. So just yeah. trying to keep that positive, you know, that positive, they're coming to me to be supportive, positive intent. Cause yeah. that's the word I'm trying to look for. The positive, yeah. they're just, they're, Trying to positive intentions. I'm always trying to keep that and keep reminding me myself myself of that, even though it's difficult with certain questions, maybe even certain people. But it's you know it's it's there. It's there. It might take some questioning. It might take some some conversations and some relationship right. building. Much, but the positive how much better would our day to day lives in society be if we'll we could all find a way get to back get, to that idea? Out there that and get mm-hmm. it Everybody's right got direction. positive intent to what they're trying to do. And, and why they're asking and, and, and stuff instead of assuming everybody's out to, you know, just, ruin. just have a conflict. Yeah. 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 Great reminder. Yeah. I, I tell my parents all the time, you know, I, I said, I don't mind you. If you want to question something. Um, and it's hard. I don't mind you wondering why, why some, let's go back to the playing time. Cause that's where it usually comes from. I said, I, I don't mind you asking. I just mind when you ask. That's why we talk about that 24-hour rule. You know, you coming up and asking me or a coach two minutes after a game or 10 minutes after a game does nobody any good because you're just hot. But it's, I don't mind you loving your daughter or your son (laughs) and wanting, because I think you said it a little bit earlier too, Nate. This is the biggest time of their life. They don't yep. realize there's a lot more to go. <laughs> but this, in their short lifespan, this is the biggest thing they've got going right now. And I don't mind parents who want to know some things, but it's just when you do it and the attitude with which you do it in um, is what we have to get through to them. Uh, it's okay to question. Just think about how you're doing it, for one thing. Amen to that. Well, Nate, this has been fantastic. I, we could go on for another hour, but I know you got three kids. A couple of them <laughs> might be in bed already. And your wife is probably standing behind you wondering what you're doing sitting down there so long. So, um, But we certainly appreciate your time. And uh, it, it, it's been great to talk to you and learn a little bit more about you. And, um we may touch base again sometime in the future as well, but um, I, I want to want to pause just for, and we're all going to take part in this, you know, Thanksgiving week. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do think 
we need to be thankful more than just Thanksgiving week, obviously. But yep. it's it's during this time. It's it's really a lot. It's focused on it a lot more. But um, you know, the closing thought instead of one person just giving it all, which we usually mm-hmm. do. Um, you know, let's just go quick, go around and just you know things that we're thankful for. And I I know, yep. you know, it's going to sound the same, but that's okay. I think it's good for us to express it and to say it. And for for everybody to hear it. So uh, to our listeners out there, we got a lot to be thankful for. I'd love to hear what each of you is thankful for. We could do a whole show on that, Mm -hmm. uh, but take time to do that. But we're just going to tell you what we're thankful for right now, too. Scott, uh, you're going to go first. So this is this is uh, so fitting. I was thinking about this today and actually wrote something up. and, And I just put down when God blesses you with people that hold you accountable or are there for you in your most challenging days. And the best days of your life, you know it's special. And I just want to tell you two how special you are to me. And it's Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. It says, iron sharpens iron, so no one man sharpens another. So I am thankful for both of you. Likewise. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Nate, about you, what are you thankful for this week and every week? Yeah. Man, it's such an easy one, but health, healthy kids, health, healthy wife, healthy, healthy life, everything. It's such an easy one, but it goes back to that perspective. There's a lot, there's a lot out there struggling mm-hmm. with things out of their control. Valid. So yeah. Just being able to sit Aaron, back and you? have an appreciation. Well, I'll reiterate what, ta- uh, what Scott said. I certainly am thankful for the opportunity to, to do this with you guys. Um, boys, I was thinking about that. Do I get a follow-up question? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I tell you what, uh, this year I am, I am just thankful for um, the opportunity uh, to – experience my adult kids, my adult children, and, and, and see how they've grown into um, their own thoughts, their own belief systems, their, their own um, passions um, as they got out of high school and moved on. And it's just been, I'm so thankful for that journey as a parent to watch them in that next phase. And I've really enjoyed that this past year. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and finally, I, you know, I will reiterate it too. I'm just thankful for, I'm thankful to do this with you two and uh, the relationship that we've grown into um, as men, um, but also our guests. I mean, our guests have blessed us uh, week after week. Um, uh, the people that we've met, uh, the relationships that we've started with people uh, through this podcast have been yep. fantastic. Um, on another level, uh, just yesterday, I uh, went to the Iowa Hawkeye game. Cool. Uh, with my two grandsons, awesome. uh, my one grandson, our oldest grandson, who's 10, just going on 11 in a couple months is he lives in a Nebraska household, but he is with grandpa <laughs> and, uh, he's been a Hawkeye awesome. fan since he was a football fan. Uh, and, uh, he makes no bones about it. My other grandson lives in a Nebraska household. And uh, he said yesterday very quietly that he's a he's an Iowa fan now. I don't know if he said that when he went home, but yeah, they had a rough week in front of them this week. Yeah, so we'll see because we're going to watch the game with them on Friday. But um, 
And then my son, uh, AJ, and my son-in-law, Brett, who's a Nebraska fan. But my AJ's an Iowa fan. Um, he wants part of the inheritance. Uh, but um, <laughs> I just, you know, I love moments. And uh, those moments, those are precious. And uh, it was a great time yesterday just having my grandsons with me, uh, sitting there watching, yelling. Uh, yeah, it was it was a great experience, and I'm I'm thankful uh, just for all those moments that we get to have with our families, and no matter how old they are, um, yeah, just great times. So uh, we are blessed, and I, I think it's important that we live like it, even in the tough times. Mm-hmm. Um, as Nate said, just keep our perspective, and uh, just know how blessed we are. So thank you. Uh, for sharing of that. And uh, to all our listeners, uh, we are thankful for you. We thank you for your support uh, listening to Beyond the Bench. And I hope you take some time. You have some time with your family this week. And um, I know uh, you'll remember how blessed you are as well. And, and we just uh, pray that for you. And you have a great holiday season, but starting with the Thanksgiving in particular. So, again, thank you, Nate, uh, for your time. Uh, best of luck up thank in Port you, Washington. Uh, we will keep in touch. Obviously, let us know. Like we said up there uh, at the at the convention, ads are sharers, and mm-hmm. uh, anything we can share with you, uh, we're willing to do. And I know our listeners will as well. So, uh, if you ever need anything, just let us know. Obviously, yep. but uh, we uh, we sure appreciate your time and you sharing your experience with us. And uh, best to you and your family uh, this Thanksgiving and this holiday season as well. So best of luck up there. We'll be following along, uh, watching you as well. You bet. Thank you. Thanks, Nate. One final thank you to our sponsors, Hometown Ticketing, Gipper, Varsity Bound HQ, Superfan Inc., Jamie Beckler in the Leadership Playbook. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, and happy Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, Best of luck as the winter seasons kick off and uh, get going. I hope you have a great winter season. Uh, but most of all, as we, we just truly believe, uh, and we want to make sure that you know that you are blessed, and we hope you are blessed.